0: Hey, welcome to another edition of What's Going On The Experience here with Nate Brown Jr. on Fox Sports 1280 with the crew. And before I get the crew in the building, every every year, first of the year, we kind of get my guy in here. We talk some stuff on society and what's happening in the world. And that's my man, David K. Johnston, who wrote three books on Donald Trump. He has the DC reports, a whole bunch of other good stuff. He's a movie star. I saw him last month in a film called Where's My Roy Cohen? I get up 2 o'clock in the morning to get me something to drink. I see you on TV, David.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, fitting uh, since I have a face made for radio. If I'm going to be on, it's going to be at 2 in the morning.
0: But no, it, but this one kind of got me. It's like because I know you and I will talk back and forth and You gave me the lowdown about Roy Cohn a few years ago. But as I'm watching this and you're going through it,
1: I'm like, Donald Trump really took his playbook from Roy Cohn. Every word. Absolutely. In fact, Donald called the notorious Roy Cohn his second father. And uh, it it is clearly a story of someone who wasn't a scholar at all, never studied anything except... How to Evade Law Enforcement, and <laughs> at that, Donald was an A student. Well, tell a listening audience, who exactly was Roy Cohen. Roy Cohn was a lawyer who was the chairman, I mean, the chief counsel on the infamous McCarthy committee. The Joe McCarthy was this alcoholic a uh, junior senator from Wisconsin who would go around saying, I have a list of 151 communists in the State Department, or I have a list of 32 communists in the White House. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he never showed anybody any list because he didn't have any lists. And uh, McCarthy, McCarthyism, uh, getting after communists, began in the early 1950s as a term of praise. But by the time McCarthy was uh, demolished, By a lawyer from uh, Boston, Uh, he was going after uh, the generals of the U.S. Army, that they were all communists and enemies of the United States, and in particular, a soldier. And uh, the lawyer simply said, sir, have you no decency? At long last, have Mm -hmm. you no decency? And that was sort of the end of McCarthy, who um, died not, not terribly long after that. Mm-hmm. Roy Cohn was the guy, the lawyer on that committee, along with a very young Robert F. Kennedy.
0: Now, stay right there for a second, a lot of people don't know that, that yeah. Robert F. Kennedy was on that committee,
1: on that little thingy with, with right. your boy Roy, Roy Cohn and McCarthy. Right. Although, as he got older and when he became the Attorney General, when his brother was president, John F. Kennedy, he did use his zeal to go after mobsters and the Teamsters Union, mm-hmm. not to you know harass and persecute people over their politics uh but donald when he got out of college uh, rented an apartment in manhattan and then reverse commuted out to his dad's business on avenue z in the outer boroughs and uh, he immediately met up with roy Cohn, and stuck close by him and in his first book uh, the art of the deal which Mm -hmm. All the way through, he talks about how he cheats and lies and steals, and yet he got praised for this book. Uh, he talks about how he admired Roy Cohen because uh, he, he was clearly committing all sorts of crimes, but law enforcement never got him.
0: Well, the thing that got me is in the film that Roy Cohen, his like deny, 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 even if they see you do it. if they see you with your hand a cookie jar, you say, hey, that's not me. He looks like me, but I'm thick as me. I mean, like, the dude was so good at it. They finally got him, I guess, with some tax evasion kinds of stuff,
1: right? Well, they, uh, the other thing that Roy Conn taught, and you've seen Donald Trump do this, is if law enforcement comes after you, you attack law enforcement. Right. They're corrupt. They're the ones who are dishonest. Yours, are as the driven snow. When Roy was dying of AIDS in uh, 1986, he died. He mm-hmm. finally uh, got disbarred because he had been stealing from his clients for years mm-hmm. and, but he, they, he was never nailed on, on any of the criminal charges. Uh, Roy Cohn used to brag that he was uh, two thirds of his life. He was under indictment um, or under investigation and yet nothing ever happened. I mean, he was the real master of evasion. That's what we've seen with Donald Trump. There's just nobody uh, uh, who's better at it. Now I wrote a piece in the New York daily news on January 8th, a Sunday, and, mm-hmm. um, And in that piece, I laid out a very simple way for Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney to prosecute Donald Trump and get convictions. And a number of uh, prosecutors and and law professors I know have been in touch with me, and they all say that they're not sure they would follow that strategy, but my strategy should absolutely work. Uh, The problem with indicting Donald Trump over all of his many tax crimes is you end up, and I've covered trials and seen this, where the Mm -hmm. prosecutors say, well, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, under section 6492, subpart BQ17H, when you combine it with, and it's like, what? What Trump did is he filed 26, what are called Schedule C Mm -hmm. filings. That's what a sole proprietor. It's what I do for my business. Right. And... Those 26 that he filed while he was a candidate or president had zero revenue, no revenue, but he took hundreds of thousands of dollars in expenses. And the reason that makes for a solid criminal case is that in 1984, Donald did this. That was up to that point in his life, his richest year. Trump Tower had just opened and apartments were selling like crazy Mm -hmm. because he would sell to mobsters and cocaine traffickers. He didn't care who you were. He didn't care. And he, But he charged you a premium price. So per square foot, he was always bragging how much he, money he got. <clears throat> and secondly, his first casino had just opened in Atlantic City, uh, the Plaza mm-hmm. Casino. And so Donald has all this tons of money flowing into his pockets, and he filed a Schedule C with zero revenue and over $600,000 of expenses. Auditors from the state of New York and the city of New York denied this and said no you owe more money we're not going to recognize this Donald demanded that he be tried now these are civil not criminal trials Right, right, right. Trials. and uh, he had no receipts no invoices no calendars nothing indicating it was, it was anything but a fabrication and his own lawyer in the city trial a guy named Jack Mitnick who had been the tax lawyer and chief accountant for the family for decades was shown the tax return that the city received. And it's a photocopy. It doesn't have what's called a wet signature, you know, with your ink pen. It's right. Really wet. And Mitnick looked at this and said, uh, Your Honor, that's my signature, but neither I nor my firm prepared that tax return. In other words, Donald Trump forged his own tax return. He took oh the tax goodness. return that was done for him, and he altered it. And then he had put the guy's signature on it. That's a crime. And Isn't I that a crime? That's a, absolutely it's forgery that's and I don't know why he wasn't prosecuted, but in any event both judges, the city judge and the state judge, ruled that he had engaged in civil not criminal but civil tax fraud. well, Donald was on notice, and we further know that he knew it was wrong to do this because on april twenty seventh of two thousand and sixteen, which is the last of many 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 conversations i've had with donald trump he called me i was in this room you're seeing me in mm-hmm. and i brought this up and he blew up and yelled at me and told me he was going to sue me and so i didn't have a <laughs> uh, you know a roof over my head and i oh, said you know donald if you have a case bring it um which is what i always said to him when he would do this and uh so he was on notice well that proves criminal intent Now, just to be clear with your audience, I am not a lawyer, but I've been a professor of law since 2009 at Syracuse University, and I've lectured at law schools all over the world, mostly about taxes and regulation. But I mean, I understand the the legal system. You understand some Judas Prudence, brother. (laughs) So anyway, Donald, uh, if Alvin Bragg can work up the courage to go after him, uh, these are uh, as close as you'll ever get to a slam dunk criminal fraud conviction. Now, the the criticism I've gotten is, well, there's hundreds of millions of dollars of tax fraud on those returns, and you want to focus on a quarter million dollars or so of it. Yeah, because a jury will understand the issues, and they'll convict. Um, I I went to a tax trial in 1976 in in Palo Alto in California, where the prosecutors who were sent from the main Justice Department in Washington spent the morning going through all these technical things and it's five minutes to noon. And the judge says, well, let's break for lunch. And the defendant, a 76-year-old tax lawyer, says, gets up and he says, Your Honor, I, I'd really like to make my opening argument first. and We'll be out of here by 12 noon. And he gets up and says, ladies and gentlemen, everything those gentlemen told you from the government is true. It's all absolutely true. But it's also what General Motors and Hewlett Packard across the street okay. and all these other companies do every day. And all I did was the same thing they're doing. Now, you should be furious and angry that you can do this. But that's Congress allowed this. And to do what these other people are doing, that that's not a crime. And I, I hope you'll recognize that. And I hope you appreciate that these are fine gentlemen sitting here who are doing the best they can. But it's not illegal to do this. Much as it offends me as a taxpayer, and it should offend you. And he sat down. We walked out of the courthouse. I took the elevator with the two prosecutors and another reporter. And I said, yeah, you guys might as well go home. You've lost. And they were, like, deeply offended. And, of course, the jury took about an hour to acquit the guy.
0: So, at the end of the day, Donald understands taxes and tax fraud and how to get away. He doesn't
1: understand taxes at all, mate. He said But he knows how to get away with taxes. He knows how to get away with it. Yeah. I mean, Donald has said that he is the greatest expert in the history of the world on taxes. <laughs> right. Which is, which is laughable. But he, knows how to,
0: but he knows how to skate the system, though. That's,
1: that's, what that's the incredible
0: is. part about it, though. Donald, Dave, Donald, he hey, we're going to take a quick break, David. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about what's going on with Sleepy Joe. Okay. Now, now, now. I mean, we know Trump be sneaking out different kinds of top secret stuff. We get that, but Sleepy Joe and this and this has been done. Like I think it came out a couple, three or four months ago. Now it's just coming out now. So I'm like, uh, here we go again. We're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to what's going on. I got my man David K. Johnson in the building. And we're talking all things politics and society today. That's how we do. They're going to place. We'll be right back. Caring for someone with Alzheimer's is a 24 7 job. So we here at Alzheimer's Association keep those same hours. Our hotline is a source for your support this holiday season. We'll be here for you with free social outings, support groups, care consultations, and more. Give us a call at 800
2: 272
0: 3900. That's 800 272
2: 3900. Hello friends, this is Ryan Vernell with Fox Sports 1280, here to let you know that we are indeed sponsored by Gruntworks Meat Company, a veteran-owned business dedicated to bringing you the highest quality meats at prices you can afford. At Gruntworks, we understand the sacrifices made by our military heroes, and we believe they deserve to be compensated for their service to our country. That's why we offer our competitive prices on all products while still ensuring that our veterans and those on the front lines receive the support they deserve. So whether you're grilling up a delicious steak or roasting a savory turkey, trust GruntWorks Meat Company to provide you with the best meats at prices that give back to those who have given so much. Visit us online today at GruntWorksMC.com. One more time, that's GruntWorksMC.com.
0: Hey, folks, we are back here. This is Nate Brown Jr. with Fox Sports. 1280. And today we're not talking sports right away. We're talking what's going on in the world. And I got my buddy here with me today, David K. Johnson Johnson from the DC Report. And um, he does all kinds of incredible things. And when we left off, we were talking about Trump, but now I want to switch up and get your view on this whole situation with Sleepy Joe. And the reason I call him Sleepy Joe is that people think he be sleep, but he don't really be sleep. It's like an act. It's, it's it's like it's like it's like my grandfather used to act like he was sleeping, but then go in his pocket and he'll punch you in your head. Sleepy Joe reminds me of that. He's like taking a little nap on you, but he got that one left ear listening to, And now he's getting busted with taking home files. Now he sounds like Donald Trump Jr. So now you can't <laughs> separate the two. It's kind of and everybody wants to say, well, no, Joe's not as bad as Trump. He didn't do so. I'm like. If you take files, you take files. Did Obama
1: take files? I don't know. Well, these are, in fact, Nate, really very different cases, although it's appalling. I Don't, don't, don't mistake that. But here's, I think, pretty clearly what happened. First of all, we way over classify documents. We put classification stamps okay. in common categories on all sorts of documents. The documents Donald Trump took in, involve human intelligence, the identities of Americans who are working undercover overseas for our national security, or people who are telling us things out of school, like maybe someone in the Kremlin near Putin who's telling us what's really going on in, mm. inside the Kremlin. And apparently the identities of people were involved in these, and they were just left around. Right. The documents that Biden has, which stem from when he was vice president to Barack Obama, uh, we don't know how serious those documents were, but we know that presidents and vice presidents take things in their valise and they go back to the residence or, in the vice president's case, uh, uh, the observatory where the president lives, a uh, vice president lives, and or their personal homes. And clearly there's a problem with not keeping track of these documents and checking them in and out. That's
0: where I'm going. This this is where I'm it. going. There, there is a misrepresentation. Something going other, on here. There's one other important like the thing. library. You know, you have to take a library card, you check it out, bring it back in.
1: All right. And every now and then in the news, you know, somebody returned their library book they took in 1947. And they, and they, the, they, the they fined $500 and they go, you know, the difference is that when they found these documents, when they were cleaning out uh, Biden's office at a little a place in Washington that the University of Pennsylvania had set up for him. They immediately notified the authorities about it and turned the documents over. Now, here's where I really fault the White House. There have been two more, I believe, two more findings documents. Well, you should turn them over right away. And they did that, but they should have waited till they'd scoured his home, his vacation home, you know, this office at Penn, any other place he might have taken something, and put it all out at once. This is just really... Bush League politics, and I don't know who is accountable under uh, the president for this, but anybody in politics will tell you: get all the bad news out, get it out right away. Right, get it out because they're and doing the drip, they doing the drip, drip, drip thing, and that's not a good
0: look. And in the meanwhile, you know the Republicans don't need nothing for you to drip, right. okay? Because well, no, they dysfunctional right. as hell over here. And I want to flip the script and say to you: now, hold up, how do we let how do we let, now I know we let Donald Trump in office, but damn it, this George Santos guy, I mean, he, he is the, he is the, he is like Walter Mitty. He's Walter Mitty.
1: Yeah. It, I, this is, I gotta say the next two years, I think are going to be the most fun politics in our lifetimes. I, that's why you got to come on every month. You got to come on once a month because it's so much fun. Okay. <laughs> I mean, George Santos is Walter Mitty. He woke up one day and said, you know what? I think I can try. I, I think I'm going to try this. Well here are the two questions I've been, I've been asking I've tweeted about I've asked some of my younger peers in journalism about how do you know if he's an American citizen and is his name really George Santos or is he somebody else yes. Those are the base questions I mean we know everything he tells you is just a lie The guy is clearly a, a, a sociopath he has no regard for any fact or truth, and he's not even troubled by it, it doesn't bother him
0: but this is what I'm saying and the right. p- there's nobody else in Congress saying, "Yo, you gotta go, dude." Right. Like honestly, you're giving us—we already got a bad look, well, the but Democrats you gotta go. He needs to go. Well, I'm talking about the Republicans. You gotta the go,
1: Republicans, but not the leadership. And the reason for that is pretty clear. The they reason- need that vote. Well, the reason Kevin McCarthy is Speaker, with a four-vote margin, he has 222 members. He needs 218. Is that in New York State, where you and I live? The Democratic Party is so messed up that they lost five seats to the Republicans in districts that they should have won.
0: I told my brother that. I said the Democrats in New York State are such ass backwards. They are really, really, they really need to be smacked around. And
1: and I, you know, I have said to Nancy Pelosi, to her face, we're right up in each other's faces. uh, You know, you're supposed to be representing the working people of this country but you keep showing up in $4,000 dresses and $1,000 Louboutin. Heels. Come on, Nancy. And, and, and she looked at me and I, when this happened and I said, Nancy, I'm not expressing any aversion to wealth. I don't have any, it's fine. If you can make money, as long as it's not from subsidies and giveaways of the government, you legitimately make money, more power to you. But you know, Working class people mostly never have any assets. They're lucky if they manage to have a house and pay it off before they die. And you're flaunting it, and you're kind of like yeah. flaunting, but you and got. I said, baby How I'm not wearing dungarees once in a while. Well, six months later, Nancy and I run into each other in San Francisco, and she walks up to me. It's why I wore this shirt today. And she mm-hmm. goes, "Hey, David, look, dungarees." And I looked her up and down and said, "Yeah, Nancy, four thousand dollar designer dungarees." <laughs> The Democrats just, they need to connect with working people. And I understand the reason that so many of them fled. You look at the leaders of many of the unions in this country who are overwhelmingly white guys. Yeah. And racism just permeates their existence. And the Democrats go running, the elected ones, screaming away from that instead of saying either we got to figure out how to work with these people the way they did with the Dixiecrats, the racist that's, Democrats. That's what I was saying. Didn't they work with them Dixiecrats and yeah. Strong Thurmond and them guys? Yeah, and in the meantime, focus on ordinary people. So if I can, let me tell your audience a couple of things from D.C. Report that they will have not heard anywhere else that should shock them. And if you've got a pencil and a pen, folks, write it down. In 2020, when Trump was still president, of all the pay raises – Everyone in America got it. about 170 million people had a job at some point during the year. So you just worked three days. I'm counting you as a worker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of all the pay raises in America, 82% went to people making more than a million dollars a year. Mm. The average raise for everybody who made less than a million dollars a year was $26. That's $26 for the year. That's 50 cents a week. Oh, That's uh, about, a little over a penny an hour. That's all you got on average. Now, under Biden in 2021, things improved, but they're still atrocious. 29% of all the raises went to people who make over a million dollars a year. And here's another shocking aspect of that. The average raise for full-time workers who make less than a quarter million dollars, that's 97% of workers—yep, Their average raise in 2021 was $1,600. $1,600. They needed 2600 on average to keep up with inflation. So their pay really fell a little bit in real terms. But they got 1600 How much did the one in 700 workers, this very thin slice of almost a quarter million workers uh, who make over a million dollars a year, how did they make out? Their average raise was $840,000. That's not their pay. That's the raise. That's the raise. Have. Over 500 of them, Made more than a hundred million dollars their average pay of the top five hundred and six people was one hundred and fifty one million dollars and all of this comes from the Social Security Administration, which every year publishes in exactly fine detail all of these boring statistical charts that for almost thirty years now I every year analyze them and compare them to the previous year and tell people what's happening this is a, a this trend has just taken off and the executives and the high-level managers are basically taking care of themselves and everybody else, uh, tough luck. In fact, I, I sat once next to a banking executive uh, who I got into a conversation about pay because the head of his bank, uh, her bank, I'm sorry, it's her bank, had, had made so much money I would written about it in the New York Times because it was way out of proportion to the bank's performance. And the banker looks at me and says, well, you understand, how CEOs really get paid. It isn't anything to do with all those complex con- you know, contracts and mm-hmm. performance and how did the stock do? I said, no, how do they get paid? And they get, oh, they persuade all the rest of us. Remember, this is an executive. Right. They persuade all the rest of us to come to work for less money than we're worth. And then the board of directors shaves off a commission. To the- yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. Cynical. But, you know, we, a-
0: call, that in- we only call that in the hood. Yeah. We call that we call that getting pimped real good.
1: Yeah, right. We, we call that getting pimped real, real good. So, so in 2021, if you're a full-time worker, every time you got a one-dollar pay raise, the million dollar and up workers got five hundred dollars. That's the ratio, sixteen hundred dollars to eight hundred and forty thousand in raises. And this has got to stop. The in just 30 years, the workers making a million dollars or more. By the way, back in 1991, 30 years earlier, Mm -hmm. there were only 191 people who made a million dollars. And to get that number, I'm including people who made a half a million back then, because that's the equivalent of a million. A million now. Yeah. 191 workers making over a million dollars a year in 2021, 237,000 of these workers. And we cannot continue this way and have a stable society. It doesn't mean we shouldn't pay people what they're worth, but when ordinary people don't have unions, and I've been an employer of people, and I have been the head of a a union and negotiated a contract. You need unions. Unions, Pope Francis, uh, and I'm not Catholic, Pope Francis says there is no economic justice without unions. Ordinary workers, almost none of them have bargaining power. I was flabbergasted to find out the other day that... um, because he disclosed it, that I was making 20% more than somebody else at the New York Times, who's an equivalent to me in terms of their stature and productivity Mm -hmm. and usefulness. And we had a union, or it would have been worse, because I know people at the Wall Street Journal where they get four or five times as much. Mm -hmm. Hey,
0: David, man, thank you so much for this enlightenment and this education. We got to come back on again, man, because like I said, you said it. It's gonna be such a good time the next couple of years in Congress because they are so because they really did put the fun and dysfunctional this time around.
1: You ask Nate and I'll show up. All right, pal? <laughs> okay, man. Okay,
0: Dave. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you, you too, man. Until next time, peace and God bless. We'll be right back with some sports, folks. Listen to Fox Sports Squad 80. What's going on? The experience with the crew. Don't go no place.
2: This episode of the Ryan Show FM is brought to you by Works Meat Company a veteran owned meat distribution company that is dedicated to providing high quality meats at affordable prices. At Gruntworks, we believe that those who put themselves on the front lines for our country deserve to be compensated fairly. That's why we offer prices that are competitive, yet still allow us to make a profit. We pass on those savings to veterans and all those who don't get the recognition they deserve. So if you want to support a veteran-owned business and get the best deal on your meat, look no further than Gruntworks Meat Company. We've got you covered from beef and chicken to pork and seafood. Thank you for choosing Gruntworks. And we are back. Hello, Western New York. This is my first time on the airwaves this morning, Infamous Amadeus. Nate's taking a little hiatus. He's exit stage left uh, with David K. Johnson. Go follow David K. Johnson. They got to talk a little bit about politics and life in America, life in Rochester. But, Imp, we're going to give the people what they want. They want sports, goddammit. They want to hear Mr. Met himself, a.k.a. Infamous Amadeus. Come here to What's Going On on Fox Sports 1280 Rochester and tell us how he feels about the Mets. The war is on. Steve Cohen versus Hank Steinbrenner. What an offseason it's been. How do you feel as the number one Mets fan?
3: Man, I, I think at this point, Steve Cohen's in a war by himself. Uh, they're not even not even the Dodgers ownership group, which consists of Magic Johnson and every rich man in Calabasas at this point is going to be able to compete with Steve Cohen. When when Major League Baseball creates a tax threshold and an entire lockout for one Major League owner, you know, as a baseball club, you are in trouble. This is a real thing. Baseball fans understand the threshold that you learned in the 90s with the Yankees and others teams, the Bulls, even recently with the Dodgers, the Mets are going to recreate this. And it's going to be an exciting time for for me as a Mets fan because we've been waiting for this since 1969. We're waiting for this to come. So here we are. Great day.
2: It is. It is for you as a Mets fan. And it kind of goes back to this. The son of the king is not the king. And I don't even want to bash Steinbrenner because he made some effort. He flew and he saw Aaron Judge. He went and met him in person. They say that the owner of the team doesn't have to do this, which I just find appalling because the owner of the team does have to do this. And it doesn't just start with Steinbrenner. If you're going to spend all this money and invest, whether you're part of an ownership group or not, you want your team to be number one. You want your team to win. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he did what he had to do, but still... I had some higher expectations and this is, and this just says a lot how spoiled we are as Yankee fans. We got the number one starting pitcher. I know that you can say that you got the number one starting pitcher. You got the Cy Young, the AL Cy Young winner with the Mets, but I still think that Carlos Rodon is a great signing. I think he could be the, the biggest signing of the offseason If it plays out, you're watching nationally baseball. What are your thoughts on Rodon going to the Yankees real quick before we get into uh, your
3: R- 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 Rodon was amazing. I was hoping that the Mets would have grabbed him and Verlander, um, to have that lefty piece, uh, but Rodon to the Yankees to so the Yankees. have done an amazing job because they've developed their farm system. You got that young shortstop. You got some young pieces where you necessarily can kind of mimic The 96 dynasty of the yankees with some young pieces and some veterans the same way they brought paul O'Neill in and a few other guys you have guys in development so um to add that piece and aaron judge was a must-have i mean you need to make him a lifelong yankee career he needs to be a monument park tomorrow don't wait for him to retire tomorrow put the monument up next to all the greats he smashed uh uh uh, harris marris's uh record this year and He's going to have a lot of pressure on him when you're coming into the city with a $300 million contract with the pressure of trying to uh, uh, catch 62 home runs. I think he may have a down season this year, in my opinion. I just just think it's too much pressure trying to live up to the expectation because now you have the dollar amount attached to the player where he didn't have that previously. So that is, you know, and and the Yankee fans are ruthless. I'm from the Bronx. Bronx people are ruthless. If you're trash, they're going to let you know. So we may see a down season from Judge, but even if Judge is able to produce 40 home runs this year, you know, you know, hit close to 300, he's a six, you know, eight, nine center fielder. I mean, what more could you expect from this guy? The Yankees are definitely one of the top contending teams.
2: You mentioned how brutal the Yankee fans are. He literally broke Roger Maris's record this year and was booed at Yankee yeah. Stadium it's during a his game. slump in the postseason. We are truly the yeah. worst fan base. We're the yeah. best, but we're yeah. the worst. You know, one difference, too, between the old 98 Yankees and right now is that we didn't have an Aaron Judge on that team. No, We didn't have didn't. a guy at that level that could hit 60 home runs in a season. No. We had a well-crafted team of veterans, like you said, guys like O'Neal. Mm. We brought in Tino Martinez, Scott yeah. Brocious. But they never yeah. had a guy like Aaron Judge there. Now we have this young core of guys, Anthony Volpe, Oswaldo Peraza, yeah. who yeah. they can Parraza. move around What an ultimate utility guy. The Yankees have some serious talent, young And veterans and and Donaldson is set for a bounce back here. I know everyone's hating on Josh Donaldson, but I still think there could be a bounce back here, but we got to get to the Mets here because I know everyone wants to hear their bills talk too, but we do have the infamous Amadeus here from Sirius XM. How do you feel about your longtime Met, Jacob DeGrom going to Texas? Do you feel like you guys are going to miss out?
3: No, I I actually think in my opinion, we actually had the better offseason than the Yankees because to me, Verlander is an upgrade from from the right? So Rodon is an upgraded rotation, but with, with Jacob, the for the last two seasons, he hasn't pitched when he pitches. He is the best pitcher in the Milky way galaxy. You can't even find a pitcher beyond the Milky way galaxy that is better than Jacob, the but he cannot stay on the field with Justin Verlander. You know, you're getting a proven Cy Young award winner. You're um, merging him back with Scherzer. You know, he's going to give us 30 starts. You know, he knows what it takes to win a world series and get to the playoffs. And this is the type of thing that we need as Mets fans um so when you look at it on overall scale I do think it's an upgrade I also think that Steve Cohen made the best decision and statement to change the culture with the New York Mets fans by letting Degrom Grom and Correa go we're not going to take bad contracts we don't have to do that anymore we have young talent we have Alvarez we have Beatty in the system we have this uh, young shortstop who's He's pretty tall. He's like 6'6", six, six, uh, Mauricio. He's short. He plays third. I mean, we have some pieces. And we cannot continue to keep blocking. If we need to learn anything from the Yankees, right, because we're watching them across, we cannot block our young talent to satisfy the craving of fans. It's bad business. And one thing about Steve Coleman, he is a good businessman. And I think long-term, these businesses that he made uh, will flourish.
2: You brought some really great numbers to the table about Steve Cohen. You mentioned the tax. Yeah. He said it was how much money that he made in comparison to his overall wealth, 4%.
3: Yeah, so, his- so Steve Cohen and, so and personal wealth is $17 billion. This is his personal money. So when, when sports people are watching what he's doing, this like $380 million payroll that he has is only 4% of his income. I mean, this is Walmart money. He's playing with grocery compra money in Major League Baseball. And major league baseball was aware of this. That's why they created the Steve Cohen tax to put it into perspective. He owes major league baseball over $60 million in tax money. And he doesn't care. It's a new day in New York city. It's a new
2: day in the sports world. There's a new sheriff in town and you got to get with it. These other teams. You might be right if I hate to say it because it's like we mentioned the the, the yeah the uh, son of the king is just not the king. This is the great businessman. Yeah. This is the guy who put it all together. He didn't inherit this business. He didn't inherit this franchise. And this yeah. is no knock on the Steinbrenner family, but yeah. this is a great man of our time that has taken this baseball team and of all teams, the Mets, and turned it around and changed the culture within. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if in a yeah. hundred years from now the conversation is going to be how big of a turnaround. It was that yeah. Steve Cohen really had. And we'll see if they can actually buy a World Series. Now, you mentioned mm. you don't really mind that Correa left, but that could have been the piece that brought you guys a World Series this year. You know, we, we right. talk about if you're going to be all in, you might as well be all in. Why spend all this money if you yeah. have all this money, but then you don't put the extra down for Correa? Because that could have been what secured. I mean, he still is, I would say, a top five infielder in baseball right now.
3: Yeah, no, he is. But if you look at a production level, Escobar only hit two less home runs than Correa. So Correa is a luxury piece. That's the thing, the New York Mets are in a position that no other sports team are in. We can afford to spend an extra $315 million on a player who has a plate in his ankle as a luxury just for two more home runs and a few more stolen bases. Defense between Correa and Escobar is not really that far apart. The problem with the Mets is that the Mets need a designated hitter, And he doesn't decide what they're going to do with the catching system. The kid, Francisco Alvarez, he needs to start this year, throw him in a DH role and let the kid swing. He's going to hit 30 bombs, 30 bombs. Correa was a luxury and God bless the twins. But I'd rather them let him go and us not to have to have this conversation six years from now of how bad of a contract this was. Because this is what it's been like being a Mets fan. We have these conversations. Oh, why don't we let this guy go? We signed Pedro Martinez. We're talking about it two years later. Oh, it's a bad contract. We're still paying Bobby Bonilla a million dollars every year since like 97 or whatever year that was. You know, Mets fans are tired of having these conversations. So I just think that it was a better statement to let them go than to keep
2: them. It's a good point. A better statement for the culture, the changing culture of the New York Mets. And it's scary. It is a scary time to be a New York Yankees fan. I have to say, (laughs) even though we just signed Aaron Judge, best player in baseball, yeah, you say that he's gonna have a drop off this year. I don't see him hitting 60 home runs again, but I could see him hitting over 50 home runs again. I know the the uh, analytic nerds out there are mm-hmm. predicting along the lines of 47 home runs, but That's what I feel like he's coming out with a vengeance this year. I'm thinking,
3: you know, I still think that overall the Yankees do have a better team than the Mets, right? I mean, the Mets won more games, but when it comes to the postseason experience, the Yankees are built to survive longer in the postseason than the way the New York Mets are constructed. The problem with the Yankees is that you got to get through the Astros. And even though the Astros lost Verlander, they added a they still added pieces and these guys know how to win. Go back to the interview when I was here last time, uh, uh, uh during the, uh, uh, the all-star break, I predicted the Astros, the Astros are the team to beat in, in the national league. It's really a toss up. You just never know how the postseason was going. I mean, how did the Phillies? Crack all the way through to the world series. Are they a world series deserving team? You just ignited a fan base. They're gonna be a third place team this year. They're not better than the Mets, and they're not better than the Braves, but they still made it to the World Series.
2: This is baseball. and they made some they made some good pickups in the offseason. They did, they did. Arguably they did. the best shortstop in baseball just went there reuniting him with Bryce right Harper. What 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 a great GM move by Bryce Harper? People aren't talking about oh. that. Oh, no,
3: Trey Trey Turner, Trey Turner, but the Phillies are going to have problems because they're not going to have Bryce Harper, um, for, for probably until like August, right? So you're kind of, yeah, you're exchanging Trey Turner for Bryce Hopper and what Bryce Hopper brings production wise, there are only five players in the entire game that bring that like Aaron judge quality level of baseball when he steps into the batter's box. The Phillies are going to be a good team, but they still got to chase the Braves. The Braves did an amazing job. They signed the catcher that was with uh, Oakland, Sean Murphy. They they got yep. a six-year deal. I mean, they... Huge. What an acquisition
2: down. was that? How did And that went under the radar, too. They got the one player that the Oakland A's had. What are they doing in Oakland? What is going on? How do they let this happen?
3: Are they getting ready to
2: gear up and sell that team? There's literally yeah, nobody there. Are. No, I think
3: they are. And I think when you look at sports in general, you're going to see a lot of teams... A lot of things that we saw growing up as kids in the nineties are about to change. And, and you can look at like, not too much off topic, but look at the WWE, for example, right? World wrestling Federation, Vince McMahon just sold the WWE to this group in Saudi Arabia. These is that official were, though? Inf? It is official. He sold the, he sold the, uh, to, he, he came back, kicked Stephanie McMahon off and then now he he put himself back as chairman to collect the the money he needed to offer his company we're gonna see a lot of these guys look at the mets the war they sold the team these these teams are gonna start to sell you're gonna have different younger analytic driven minds you know owners who are into cryptocurrency owners that are into the way the stock markets travel and sports income is going to triple and quadruple remember we're looking at it as fans so we judge Based on whether the team wins or not it's still a business it's about making money if steve conan goes and he spends 385 million dollars on the match but he makes an additional 185 million profit that is a win for him fans we you know fans we're not spending the money so we're so invested in our heart. It really is about the bankroll. It is a business. And oftentimes we forget that.
2: Just imagine being an Oakland ace fan, having your heart. <laughs> in it. Imagine being a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. We feel bad for you. If you're out there listening, let us know how you feel. We're on social media. What's going on? Underscore Fox sports on Instagram. where can they find you out there?
3: Oh, at the infamous Amadeus, all social media platforms, of course, shade 45, Sirius XM, Thursdays, noon, EST and 3 PM EST. And before I get out of here, cause this is uh Rochester, right? So you guys aren't that far from Pittsburgh. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon back to the Pirates was a good move for the Pirates long term because now you have someone you can kind of campaign into the whole thing.
2: Yeah, finally, whole I thought he, you know, not to go too far off, we got Nate on the way back. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bills, the playoffs. Yeah. It's finally that time, but I thought he was going to be a Met. I really thought McCutcheon was going to be a Met really? by the end of this offseason. I thought he was such a good fit in that locker room. Yeah, More I locker agree. room guys are what they I need. Agree. But on that note, thank you, Infamous Amadeus. Everybody stay with us. This is Fox Boys 1280 Rochester. Go nowhere. We're talking bills when we return.
0: Uh, hey, 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 hey. Welcome back. And I want to say great interview with Inf, my brother. Great interview. And also, in case you didn't, you forgot, happy MLK Day. That's one of the reasons I'm on the radio, because of people like Martin Luther King Jr. That's why we're here, Ryan, you and I. Okay, right. because it's not the content of our of our skin. It's, it's not the, it's the content of our character, not the color of our skin. That's why we're on the radio. And that's why you and I do what we do, because we are brothers from other mothers, but we love each other. Okay. And this is what Dr. King wanted us to do. In order for us to to get this society on to the next level, we gotta just work together. And as James Brown said, stop talking loud and saying nothing.
2: <laughs> we have a dream on this radio program that people will be judged by the content of their radio show and not come, come on, on
0: man come on let's do it but you, great interview and the one before that we had on uh, my man david k johnson on and i always thought the year off with him ryan he just does some incredible stuff his knowledge on politics finances law he, he gave me a commitment that he'll be be with us four times a year so I'm excited. But speaking of being excited, give Lamar Jackson his money, man. The, the Ravens are a knucklehead if they don't. The Ravens are knuckleheads if they don't pay this guy. And this is why I have a problem with football players, because they they talk about, hey, man, I, you know, it's like I, I give them an all on all, but they don't get paid the way they should be getting paid. These guys... The thing you did last week with George, and I was out of town, with Darvin Hamlin, you put that up on YouTube, that was excellent. The point that George made about the impact, you're going to have to start talking about impact, because all that is a part of, yo, when, uh, immovable objects. That's science.
2: That's right.
0: The science. Okay. Despite the fact that some of the Republicans don't want to deal with science, it's freaking science, yo. So, yeah, when you run to each other, it's
2: science. Pay that dude, man. It's science and business, and that's what it comes down to. You'd think that if they were going to make the right business move, they would have already signed Lamar Jackson. Maybe that's the point I'm saying to you. Maybe they're not they gonna pay him. Maybe they're they don't really not gonna maybe they're really gonna put the franchise tag on him in 2023, keep him there for a bit, and get rid of him.
0: Let well, him walk. You know what he can do right, he can sit out. And then we have a know, real problem I mean, I, mean, let's, I mean at the end of the day You know what dude I'm going to sit out, I'm going to heal Because I believe if football players do this and This is going to sound weird But if they took a year or two
2: off And came back Do you think he's going to pull a Michael Vick?
0: I think he's gonna get have a sit down. He gonna. Sit I don't down.
2: mean like that. I don't mean like you know anything crazy. But no, I'm take a little about, break, like you said. He's gonna take he a, a break. The difference, if you look, Michael Vick. Do you remember what Mike Tyson looked like when he got out the joint? That's what I'm you saying. What Mike Vick looked like? It was like going to a hyperbolic time chamber. All right. the Dragon Ball Z fans know what I'm talking about. Right. You <laughs> know, in all seriousness, maybe this is what he needs: is some time to sit there and recuperate. Your body, to your body needs a
0: break right. from all that trauma. Yeah. Think about that for a second. If you let your body get a break from that trauma and then you come back now, mentally and physically, you know how to really not get hit as much, not take as much destruction to your body. So I'm saying either you're going to come back or you're not. Barry Sanders said, I ain't coming back. Barry said, I'm done. I'm 29 years old. Jim Brown said, I'm 30. I'm not coming back. Some guys don't come back because they said, I'm done. Can't blame him. And then, and then the lifespan of, remember now, the lifespan of a running back is less than three years. Think about that, Ryan. Less than three years. Wild. So for all you Bills fans out there, I know you guys are clamoring. I know you're clamoring. You want a Super Bowl, but I'm going to have to be the one guy in America to tell you you're not
2: going to get it. So you don't think this is going to have a storybook, ending? You don't believe no. that the Bills have it in them? A- no. The Do you think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl? No. Who's going to stop them?
0: Um, either Kansas City or Cincinnati. I don't think the Bills are going to get past either one of those teams. I just – I just maybe because I'm a, a peripheral non-Bills fan, I'm a Jet fan, and a Giants fan, but I got a weird feeling. I got a weird feeling that the Giants might get to the Super Bowl. I have this weird giant feeling. I, do.
2: Well, I will say this we talked about because this because of the way it lays, the, because
0: of the way it lays out I mean
2: this is Philly how is always with the Giants good.
0: Philly is good but the Giants on a good day I think you know when it's all said and done I just see I see Kansas City or I see Cincinnati and I see maybe because 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 the 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 NFC is so the NFC is
2: so toss up it's a toss-up the Giants have arguably the, I, I know this is a very hot take, but I think that Dayball could be the best coach right now going into <laughs> the playoffs. Would he prove this year with that Giants team and the way that team is behind him? And this could be, you know, history likes to repeat itself from time to time, right? What if we see in the Super Bowl this year, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs get upset by the New York Giants and Daniel Jones proves that he should be the quarterback in New York for the next 10, 15 years? Just and like Eli me, did in his early years.
0: And, and to me, and to me, therein lies the story. I know there's a story with Darman Hamlin. I really do with the Bills. It's an emotional story. But if you look at deeper, right, they will go to the Giants, right? Get them on track. People wrote people are wrote people wrote off Daniel Jones, including the great Stephen A. They wrote Daniel Jones off. They did. When I see Stephen A., I'm gonna say Stephen A. Why you write your brother off? Only person that faith in was Molly. You was giving her the business. He was giving Molly the biz, man. I'm like, don't give Molly the biz. Molly knows sports. You you don't respect the female etiquette in sports, Stephen A. You gotta do it. But at the end of the day, though, the Giants. There's something about that giant team. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like I said, the Bills, if they get there, but I don't let them get past Pat Mahomes and I don't let them get past your boy because you do like Joe Burrows. The dude is good, man.
2: Oh, he's he really incredible.
0: Is, Ryan, he really is good. And, incredible. And, and, and like I said, these teams right now are at, at the pinnacle of where they're supposed to be. And I don't know who's coming back with the Bills on their defense. Is Michael Hyde coming back? They
2: say that he is going okay. to return. They say so that Micah Hyde return. returns. They
0: need Micah Hyde. They need Mil- They leave the Milano guy to do his things. Remember that secondary is suspect for Buffalo.
2: So time out to know, we got some reports from uh, the producers behind the scenes. They are saying that he has returned to practice, but now reports are in that he's going to be out. There Ooh. were reports last night Ooh. of Micah Hyde practicing, but now yeah. they're saying the veteran safety will indeed be out against the Dolphins later this afternoon. Okay. So that is a pretty big difference maker, but the momentum is on the side of the bills. The story. We saw the, we saw that it, touchdown return. A lot of people thought the NFL two, was rigged until they did two, it
0: again. Two. As a matter of fact, you got to put that up on the tube for us Two, those two touchdowns back to back. I mean, they were monumental.
2: Was it an active God or an active special teams? That's the no, question.
0: It was, no, it was active special teams. Cause they suck. So, I mean, anytime that the guy runs, run it back twice. You're kind of sticking up the joint. But before we go, we're sticking up the joint. Hold up. The Dallas Cowboy fans, honestly, my brother Dean, I love you, but the Cowboys ain't doo-doo. You have to go listen to Outcast. Roses smell like boo-boo. The cowboys. <laughs> the cowgirls. The Dallas Cowgirls. You're offending what? the young kids out there. I don't care. The cowgirls, the Dallas cowgirls, I don't care. The gender thing, get I don't care. Get off of that gender stuff. Stop it. They're girls and they're boys. There's us and them things, I'm you're, you're confusing there's me. There's Giants fans and there's Cowboys and there's, fans. There's Giants fans there's Cowboys fans. There's Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Jills. <laughs> what the heck? Come on, man. Stop it. Okay? So the Cowboys... Jerry Nobody Jones, knows. you'll never win another Super Bowl. And Dak Prescott is not that nice. He is okay. Now, he might have a return of the Mac, like your boy Gino
2: did. You know, Gino came, you know. I mean, he, he's had a well more storied career than Gino. But, this is no, but, a great story that Gino had a comeback. But Prescott is, look, Prescott's a great, he, I would say he's a great quarterback, but he's a solid Solid quarterback,
0: but he'll there's never get you. That would love that he'll team. never get you to the promised land.
2: Well, we don't there's know because some, we don't have the right there, team around him. ever.
0: there's some well, disappointing There's some quarterbacks that will never get you to the promise. Jim Kelly, Bills fans, I'm sorry. This is why I give he, you, he you the got him there four times. This, but they'll he'll never he never got them to the promised land.
2: Was it Jim he, Kelly's fault that they lost four Super Bowls?
0: It was his boys gone out being drunk on three of the four of them, okay? And that's history. Go look that up. You're a youngin'. Them brothers were getting toasty with the mosty and not paying attention to what they were supposed to do. That's why the Bills lost those Super Bowls. They went there partying like it was 1999.
2: But is that how they got there in the first place? Because that's that could be a reason. Maybe it was... The uh, copious amounts of alcohol that brought them to the Super Bowl. How can you change your lifestyle when it's what brought you there?
0: Yeah, well, you see they didn't win, right? So they needed to take a sabbatical a day before the Super Bowl. Put it that way. All right? So sorry about that, Bills fans. But it ain't your season yet. You might get there. You might. But that, but that, and if that, listen, with the coming of your boy from the Jaguars, what's his name? What's that kid from the
2: Jaguars? The, on the quarterback? Bills? Oh, uh, 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 the uh, the quarterback, the Je- Trevor Lawrence, Tre- and the other kid from the Chargers. Justin Herbert. Okay, then quarterback. Okay, so so they have got more young guys
0: in the AFC that's ready to take on the Bills and Josh Allen. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It's going to be a harder road for the Bills to get there than in the, than in the air. That's why Tom Brady needs to just retire and Aaron Rodgers need to go to the Jets.
2: If you're listening out there and you want some input, you want to tell Nate how you feel. You want to give us your hot take. Find Please. it. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. What's going on? Underscore Fox sports. Let us know how you feel. Hey man, we got to get out of here, right? It's that time. But that's the whole point is that we're not really getting out of here. We're just moving to Instagram. So okay, find well. it, follow us. What's going on? Underscore Fox sports. We got a hell of a week out of us, Nate.
0: Yeah, we do, man. And put up some of those little, I like those little videos you put up.
2: Yeah. Those are the them video videos that video. we're talking
0: about, you know, you know, those. so throw that up there. I like that. That's really cool. Hey man, remember, have a good MLK day. Okay. Try to be better to your, to your brother, to your sister. Sorry about that. To vein them as
2: well. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Everybody out there, boys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, everything in between. And whoever we, whoever you, we'll be back soon.
0: Whoever you, and, and, and rest in peace. Lisa Marie Presley.
2: Yes. Oh, my gosh. That got
0: me right there. That kind of got me. Because I kind of watched her grow up. It's wild when you watch it. Like, I watch her, Michael Jackson. When those people die before me, it's kind of weird.
2: Yeah, that's a sad one. That is a sad one. That was kind of
0: sad to me. That was sad. That was
2: sad. And, and and listeners follow me to my platform. I'm on uh, the Ryan show. I'm Ryan from the Ryan show. A lot of you don't know that people think I'm just Ryan V from the Hamptons. I'm also Ryan from <laughs> the Ryan show. Google <laughs> the Ryan show. Every week we have a whole bunch of great guests on myself, Mr. Sheiks and Hamptons, Dave and Nate, as always, it's such an honor to co-host the show with you. Appreciate you inviting really, me on really as always, brother.
0: We'll be getting in until next week. Peace. God bless. See you.